Yes, Lord. Amen. It's, it's good to go, but there's no place like home. Right? Right. Argentina was great, I'll tell you that. We got to really witness some awesome things down there. Um, like, God is, you know, well, a changing of the guard down there. That's what we saw um, with the ministry down there, um, which has been sort of in the works for the past few years, I think. But I actually was seeing it uh, with my own eyes how God really a new generation of younger people that are really taking the mantle uh, of that ministry down there. And I think it's pretty awesome. So I think that's something God wants to do everywhere is bring, you know, bring another generation in to, to what he's doing. And so that was very encouraging. We had great ministry there. It, it really was powerful. But I think the most powerful thing that happened to us was we met with that that man, that 84-year-old man who um, brought the original revival into Argentina back in the 50s. Uh, because before that, the Argentina did not allow the preaching of the gospel in that nation. It was controlled by uh, the, a brand of uh, the Catholic Church that was really a bad brand of, of Catholicism that would not allow true, the true gospel to be preached. And God began to move with a group of people uh, and in different places, little pockets all over the country. And one was a church this guy was in in Restless He was a young guy at the time. And they well wound up going to this ministry school in Buenos Aires. And a group of those young people locked themselves into a basement for a week and went into the spiritual spirit realm in a just amazing way and shifted... That nation shifted that nation and opened that nation up to the gospel. And a, and a man from the United States came, a man named Tommy Hicks, and, and this was in 1954, the year I was born, came there and the Lord spoke to him and said, go to Argentina and get a stadium, the biggest stadium you could get. And he had to get permission from the president of that country to preach there. Um, so he went to the presidential house and asked to go meet with him and for, I don't remember exactly why the guard there said I'll get you an appointment with him uh, I think something supernatural happened but anyway he met with the president and he noticed the president had eczema you know which is a bad skin disease um, and he said let me pray for you and, and he prayed for him and God miraculously healed the president right down and he said you can have the stadium uh, yeah and God came and filled the stadium up. People were being saved, and they had to get a bigger stadium. They got the biggest stadium there, which we see 100,000 people. And people came, and people came, and people came. People were saved. People were healed. People were delivered. It was, and it, that was like the original uh, well of revival in that nation. And since that time, there have been other revivals, but they all came from that one well of revival. And... In, ironically enough, in the 1990s, John Arnott went to Argentina and got prayed for by uh, Claudio Friedson, who was the leader of the revival that had been happening in the 80s, and went back to his church in Toronto, Canada, and most a revival broke out. And that revival in Toronto has spawned many revivals since then. 
You see how God moves. It's all the same river. It's all the same Holy Spirit flowing. And the fear to meet this guy, like Becky said, this man was a very broken man in a good way. Weeping. Weeping really for what man had done to the move of God. And that was his whole message to us about being careful and being watchful because he was convinced God really wants to bring a move that will shape the earth. Because part of what they did back in the 50s is they, they, they interceded for nations in the spirit realm and went, were actually in those nations in the spirit. Don't ask me how all that works, but it just does. You know, if you're in the spirit, things work. Speaking the language of that nation, praying of those nations, and one of the reasons he knew that because his family was from Russia, and he was able to, when we were in Russia, he recognized the language. He recognized a lot of the, the German languages when they were in those places in the spirit, knowing that they were praying for those nations, that God would move in nations. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. And God has a, a, a purpose and a plan, I believe, to move in nations. But it was just fantastic to get and get prayer from that guy. It was incredible. You walk, walk out the door feeling that high. You don't walk out with your chest out. You walk down, stoop down because you, you know, God is so much more awesome than we really think he is. And God is bigger than we think he is. And God is interested in doing something. That's how I felt. And then the next day I met with a, another pastor, Robert Acosta. Uh, and Robert, some of y'all might know him. He actually preached here but several years ago. But he was telling about the revival in his church. Incredible miracles were happening in this man's church. Uh, there was a baby there that uh, had one kidney, and that one kidney was bad. And they prayed for the baby and took the baby to the doctor, and they said the baby had two kidneys. That's kind of, isn't that awesome? And he was telling me that he meets with this old pastor every month. That's what he was telling me. I'll meet with him every month, getting this embarkation off this man. Isn't that powerful? That was just one of the miracles he shared with me. So God really is doing a lot of stuff in, in South America. And I believe he's going to do a lot of stuff here. Amen? Amen. Are y'all excited? Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. I'm going to read this verse to you. It's Revelations 4, 1 through 2. After these things, I look and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. That's really what these people were experiencing. That's, they were going into the spiritual realm. Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. So let me just tell you a few things about this. This is so awesome and wonderful. First of all, um, we need to know that the, if, you, if you were a Greek expert and read this in the original language, that word where the door is standing open, it, uh, the verb indicates that the door has been opened and to never be shut again. This door has been forcefully opened and forcefully locked open. That's what the Greek indicates. That this door in heaven has been opened and will never be closed again. <laughs> that right there is the good news. Uh, and John was invited to go into this door. And the thing he said he saw, he heard a voice... And, and began to see things, and the first thing he saw was a throne. He saw a throne there. And, and we understand that a throne represents 
authority and government, right? That's the first thing he saw was authority and government. And then on the throne, listen, on the throne he saw a king. This is amazing. He saw a king. He saw the king. And he saw the king. He saw the king sitting. He wasn't standing. He wasn't worried. He wasn't wringing his hands. He wasn't trying to call the troops up. He was sitting. The king was sitting. Now this is important. This is important. What John saw was important. Because he could have saw there was a bunch of stuff up there. But that's the first thing he saw. He saw a king sitting. He saw authority. And he saw a king that was at rest. He saw a king that was at peace. He saw a king, the king. I believe, if, well, this is what I really believe. And I'm being assured of it more and more in my own walk with God to really continually experience that door open, that open heaven. If we're going to really live in that, it has something to do, number one, with the king. It has something to do with seeing the king. And not just seeing the king, but is he your king? You see, we want to walk under open heaven, and there is an open heaven. But I believe what John was trying to tell us, what God was trying to tell us, that really the way you're going to experience this open heaven, to the degree he's the king of your life, that's the degree you're going to experience this open heaven. It has something to do with the authority of heaven. And John goes on, isn't that awesome? Like you think you're going to do something. 
And God wants to give us a revelation of himself. Amen. And if you go on and read, the you should read the rest of, of, of Revelations 4 and think about it. The Bible has given us a picture of heaven. The Bible has given us a picture of the throne room of God. It's telling us. It talks about an emerald rainbow around this throne. It talks about Sardis and Jasper, these colors that are coming. It talks about these other thrones, these elders. It doesn't really identify who they are. Everybody has arguments hearing who are these elders. You hear all kinds of theological, high-sounding arguments about who they are. None of it's probably right. It doesn't really matter. They're just there. I got my own opinion, but it really doesn't matter. But there's other thrones there. And it talks about worship there. It talks about those elders bowing before this king. All that's so powerful. And I believe God really is calling the church. I believe the Lord is saying, come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Let me tell you this. I really know this to be a fact. Is uh, God meets us where we are. God will come to us. God has come to us. Yeah. God will meet you in your worst place, yeah. in your lowest place, your awful place. I wanted to read this little quote by Corey Ten Boom. Everybody should read Corey Ten Boom's book. If you don't know who she is, she was a, a Dutch lady whose family hid Jewish people during the war, World War II, from the Nazis. And they were found out, they were captured, they were hauled off to concentration camps. She lost her family. Her, she watched her sister die with her. They were together. She's the one who said, Lice was a blessing from God because the, the guards would not go into the barracks where they kept them because it was infested with lice. And they could go in there and worship and carry on and do what they wanted to because the guards were afraid to go in there. That's, that's the kind of person she was. But, and she has these amazing testimonies of forgiveness. Amazing testimonies of forgiving Nazi guards that she saw years later in her life when she was free that she met and knew these people persecuted and helped kill her family and was able, to, by the grace of God, to forgive them. It's, she's powerful, man. But she said this little quote, There's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Listen to this. There's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And that she was in a deep pit. And I know many people in this room have been at the bottom. You've been there. You've been in the pit. You've been in the lowest place. It's not a place nobody wants to go. Hopefully it was just a visit and you didn't stay there. But I know from my own pits that I found myself in life that I found God in every pit I've ever been in. He was right there with me. I hit a bottom one time that literally it physically hurt me. It made every joint in my body ache. I hit so hard and so low. But right there was God. Somehow he was there. His love was there. He was there for me. And so if you're in a pit today, God is there. And God will meet you there. But if we're going to really know the ways of the Lord, if we're going to really walk in all that God has for us, there's a part of our Christian life where it's not just God coming to us. Okay? Now, get this. God just doesn't want to just come to us. He wants to, and he has, and he continues to. But there's a whole nother realm of Christianity where God is saying, Come to me. 
come to me. One of the things you will find out with Jesus when he walked, when he was on the earth, he would after he was resurrected, he told his disciples, Meet me by the Sea of Galilee. Meet me. He didn't go to them. He says, Come to me where I'm at. There's a, something about the resurrection of Christ. There's something about God. Where he is asking people, listen, I will meet you there. I'll be in the pit with you. I will wallow in the dirt with you if necessary to deliver you. But there's another part of God where God is saying, I want a church who's willing to step through that door that's open in heaven. I want a people who can step by faith where I am and come to me. Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and laden. That was when he was on the earth. He's still saying that, and he's not on the earth anymore. That call to come is still available. Are y'all following that? Listen to this, Hebrews 4, 15. Let us therefore what? Come boldly to where? The throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. So there's an invitation. What Mary was talking about. She was inviting people to give. She was inviting people to testify. God is invite, has invited people to come. Come to me where I am now. Come where you are. You're seated with Christ. God wants us to go where our spirit is. Your spirit, although it's inside of you, is in heaven because heaven's inside of you. God wants us to step through that door that's open. It's already up. So God comes to us and we go to God. God comes down the earth. We are supposed to go into the heavenly realm where God is. Are y'all following this? Y'all looking at me like you're not. Okay? Let me tell you this. Jesus is that door. Okay? John 10 verse 9. Everybody knows this. Listen, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And listen, we'll go in and out. In and out. Of the door open in heaven. That's what he said. You, if you're saved, if you'll come to me, you can enter into the salvation experience. And you can go in and out. In and out. In fact, God expects us to go into the heavenly realm. Get what we need there. That's what he said. You can go. I will go in and find pasture. You can go in, find these needs, the, the, the provisions, the things you need, and take them back. Into the earth. We pray that your kingdom come. How's the kingdom going to come? God wants us to go into that realm, get what's in there, and bring it. Bring it here and release it somehow here. That's how the thing is designed by God to work. It's not anything weird. It's not just for special, prophetic, mystic type people. It's for the people of God. Jesus is the door standing open in heaven. And he invites people to pass into that door into the heavenly realm. Don't go in. There's other doors into the spiritual realm. Let me just say that. There's other doors. You can go into the spiritual realm. Don't do it. All I'm going to say, you'll regret going through that door. Because there's some bad guys that part of the spiritual realm. But there's only one door into the kingdom of heaven. There's only one door into the realm that God wants us to operate from. Are y'all following that? So, I don't know if that's good. Yes, I'm, that's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, Lord, 
This guy going through a door into heaven and hearing a voice like a trumpet. There's no excuse. Well, you can say that's just reserved for the Bible, but doggone, what are we going to do? Are we going to pick out what's reserved for the Bible and and what's and who's going to decide all of that? I mean, because they're going to leave a lot of things reserved for the Bible, and then we won't get to enjoy anything that God has done for us. Well, I'm just saying that to you this. Uh, this was a long time ago, like 35 more years ago. I had this really powerful experience like this. And I didn't know really what was happening to me at the time because I didn't understand a lot of this kind of stuff then because nobody was, was telling us about it. And so here's what happened is I, I, I guess it was a vision. I'm not sure what it was because I was in my body and I was sim- somewhat conscious of being here in the natural realm, but, but I was more conscious of being in another place. At the same time. And I can see this other place clearly as I can see in this room. With with my eyes wide open. It was like I was transported to this other place. But at the same time I had my, I could feel that I was here because I could kind of go back if I wanted to. But here's what happened. I was standing in this place. And it was a a great expanse. That's how all the way I can describe it. But there was a structure there. It was an expanse and it had a structure. Kind of weird. And there was, I saw a man, and the man was looking at me. And I looked at him, and the man was dressed. He had a white robe on. I know that sounds kind of corny, but that's what I saw. And a big old WWE, <laughs> not really shiny, but it was a golden belt around his waist. And I looked at this man, and I will just tell you this about this man. That man was angel. I didn't know at the time. I believe that man was my angel because I've seen that person since then. I've seen that person when I was in China. I've seen that person when I was in Argentina. I've seen that person when I was in, I've seen him in different places with me. He was not, you know, you know, you think about angels being big. This guy, he looked like he was about 50-something years old, didn't have much hair, kind of small, like, dude, you're an angel. Like, what the heck if some big demon comes? They're going to beat you up and get me. Well, not really, but this is what this angel did. He looked at me, and then he turned and looked up. And when he did that, I knew what he was telling me. He was telling me, don't look at me and look here. And when I looked up, this is no lie. I'm not telling you anything. I saw a throne. Wow. Now the throne, I couldn't see it real clear. There was like invisible curtains. You know how curtains have waves in them? There was all this wavy stuff there. And God was sitting on the throne. Amen. And I had this strange feeling. And here's what the strange feeling been here before. That was the feeling I had, like, I'm familiar with this place. I know this place. 
came to me. God spoke to me. And he said, you can come here anytime you want to. You can come here anytime you want to. See, the Bible says we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You and I really are there because we've been placed there by Christ. That's why it felt at home. See, what I was experiencing, I was experiencing where my spirit was experiencing. Are y'all following me? I was experiencing it, and God was communicating something to me that that was my, I was at home there, and I had access. I could go there whenever I want. I could come, I could go in, I could go out. I could go in, I could go out. But I didn't really understand it at the time. And I spent like hours in that place. I don't know why, but I, at one point, I literally thought I've died and gone to heaven. I thought I was dead. I thought my body was laying on the earth dead, and I was in heaven now. And I was concerned about that. I didn't think I was supposed to be dead. But then it was like I got back in touch with myself. I was, I'm not dead. I'm still on the earth. I'm still breathing. I'm alive, but I'm here. Well, that went on for several hours, and it just came to an end. And then the next night, I had this dream. Are y'all okay? Yeah. I had this dream, and I was standing in front of my house at the time, and it was like a, one of these new neighborhoods, you know, that was built in a field, which I hated. And they planted these little trees in the yard. Don't you love that? Houses like that. They got little sapling trees. There's no shade nowhere. In the middle of July, you're burning up. Like, I hate this house. <laughs> <laughs> you like it in the winter when it's freezing. Well, that's what kind of house. Well, actually, the house was awesome. It was a beautiful neighborhood. It just had saplings everywhere because it was built in a field. Well, in this dream, I was standing there looking at this sap. I was just standing there, and all of a sudden, the sapling began to grow. And in front of my eyes, it became a big, huge, beautiful pin oak tree. Massive. Just, and it was growing so fast, I remember in the dream, it was like, whoa. You know, it, was, it was almost making me dizzy in the dream. And then I woke up. I said, what is that? And the Lord said, you'll begin to understand, understand what I'm doing when this tree has become mature. Well, we went drove by that neighborhood recently. And you wouldn't believe the beautiful, huge, mature Oak trees that are all over that neighborhood. And it really has been true that I have really begun to see the access that God has given us to His throne. And it's been there, and that door in heaven has been open all the time. It was open on the cross. I think I read that to you a couple of weeks ago. I want you to get this. What I'm telling you. Jesus opened heaven when he, it says, the veil of his flesh was ripped in Hebrews. His flesh was the veil that separated heaven from earth, and his flesh was ripped open. That's the door that was opened. It was his flesh on the cross. He has given us this access to the Father in heaven, this access to the throne. So it's nothing weird here. It's everything about the cross. It's everything about what he's done for us. Are y'all following this? Let me just read just one more scripture here. This is what I want to say. There's another door. 
talk about these other doors in the spiritual realm, well, there's also another important door that we need to focus on. It's Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at what? The door. And knock. That's not the same door. That's, that's a different door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. People use that for salvation. That's awesome. I personally don't care what virtue you use for salvation. There's nothing wrong with it. Whatever it takes. But that's really not a salvation verse within the context. But every verse is a salvation verse. All right? The whole Bible is a salvation verse. The whole Bible is about it. God saved and healed and delivered us. But this wasn't because he's talking to a church here. And so let me just give you this picture uh, that someone gave me a long time ago. I couldn't give you the original person. But you know those motel rooms that are side by side and have two doors? You ever, you know, and so your, your buddy's in one room and you're in the other. And you can open this door between the rooms and there's another door you're facing, right? Yep. And if he opens this door, you can go into his room. But if he don't open his door, you can't go into his room. Well, this is the picture. Jesus' door is open. He's in this room over here. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking on this other door. It's our door. And that door is our mind. That's what the door he's knocking on. Because your mind, your thoughts, your feelings are what allows your heart to experience God. Your mind's the doorway. And so Jesus comes to our minds and he knocks on the door. See, God's door is open. Heaven is open. The reason we're not experiencing open heaven is because we have a mindset, a wrong, wrong thinking that has shut the door. So when people are begging God to open heaven, they're praying the wrong prayer. Because the truth is He's already opened it. What He wants us to shift to is what has He already done and how should we respond to God and what God's already done. How should we open our mind? And that's why the essence of repentance, that's why you know, the definition is change the way you think. And when you begin to change the way you think, it's like opening the door to God and slamming the door on the devil. I mean, that's really what I, when I think about repentance. That's how I look at it. I'm slamming the door on the devil's stuff. But I'm not just going to slam the door on the devil. I'm going to open the door of my thinking, my mind, to God. And allow God to come in, he said, and you, I'll speak to you. You'll hear me speak. We'll fellowship. And stuff can happen. Are y'all following that? And so I was asking the Lord about the... So y'all got that. I want you to make sure you get That's important because this is my argument against people who are praying like, Oh, God... Open heaven, open, yeah, I've been around that like, mm, I don't want to be participating. Lord, open, I need to, my, the problem is not with God, the problem is with us. I need to open my door. God's opened his door. God's opened his door for healing. God's opened his door for miracles. God's done all of that. He's done that. And what we have to learn how to do is open our door. Allow God to do something, like I shared a couple weeks ago, Luke 24, 45. He opened their mind to understand the scriptures. He, it was like Jesus said, hey, I'm going to open your door for you one time to help you get started. 
And then from now on out, you're going to have to learn how to open the door yourself. Because it says right here, if you hear, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, you, we have to open this door to allow God in there. Are you, does this make sense to you guys? Yeah, sure. I'm telling you how to experience an open heaven. This, this is really practically how you do this. This is not some mystical thing. This is a real biblical way to experience this door open in heaven and experience God and experience all that God has for you. I know y'all looking at me with weird looks. So I want to tell you about the knock, though. The knock is really important. Let me give you this. What does the knock sound like? Because that's what I want to know. Okay, Lord, I get that. I want to do that. But I just need to know about what does your knock sound like? Right? You know in Argentina how they knock, right? They clap, right? They will walk up to the door and stand out and clap. Like, what kind of knock is that? Somebody's clapping in the yard. They want you to let them in. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you don't let them in, eventually they start yelling. The other day, there was people wanting to get in there at the base, and we were there by ourselves. And I heard them clap. I thought it was just people out there in the street. Then they started yelling and kicking the door. And I thought, I'm not going down there and open that door. I don't know how to speak to those people. And I'm just going to leave them alone. Finally, we figured out we need to open the door when they came back later. It was people wanting to get something. But, so, but God has a different way of clapping. Like, he's not an American when it comes to clapping or knocking. You know, you might do it like an Argentine. And other cultures, I'm sure, have different ways. You know, doorbells and all that. So I was asking the Lord, Lord, what does the knock sound like? I want to know when you're knocking on my door. I want to know. And I started thinking about all these ways that God, in my life, I hear the knock. Well, here's the way I hear the knock. Have you ever been sound asleep and you wake up for no reason? You're not stressed. You're not mad. But you feel like God wants to talk to you. Anybody ever had that? Yep. You just feel like God just woke me up for some reason. I don't know. And, and you're laying there thinking, I mean, I want to go to sleep. I don't know about you. That's why I, I don't want to talk right now, Lord. <laughs> you're over here in this motel room wide awake all night, and you're banging on my door. I'm sleeping. Like, can you just wake tomorrow and talk? But that's a way you hear his knock. You just, or, or another way that really God speaks to me a lot, and not, or knocks on my mind a lot, is... I wake up in the mornings and the first thing, the first thought that comes to me is this song. I'll hear a song. That's a knock. That's a knock from heaven. And what God wants us to do to open the door is I need to find out about the song. What is the song saying? Or who wrote the song? Or when was the wrong song wrote? I found out recently this song, the Lord kept bothering me like, what do you mean? I finally went back to the year it was written. And realized that God was trying to talk to me about something out of my life from 1992. Because that's when the song was written. Because I read over the song like, I don't get that. Or, or maybe here's another knock. You have a dream about a friend. And God tells you something about a friend like they're in trouble. Something, something, they're in trouble. That's a knock. That's a knock from heaven. That's God knocking on the door and saying, do something about your friend. Pray for your friend. Go see your friend. Do your friends in trouble. They need something. Those are knocks. Just going back through your day. 
doing what you do, complaining. <laughs> I don't know I say. Complaining, like I'm tired. I wish I didn't have to do this. Why do they want to talk to me? I don't want to talk to them. They want something from me. Those are my bad thoughts. They want something. Nobody ever calls me wants to do something for me. They always want something. Those are my complaints. But then all of a sudden, you feel the Lord down to knock. You see, God wants us to be conscious. It's just that simple. He just wants us to be conscious and then open the door. Like if He wakes you up, get up. Don't lay there or you'll go back to sleep. Just get up. I did it the other night. I was sleeping. Vicky came in. Woke me up. Said, Why aren't you woke me up? Banging around. Cutting lights on. It's midnight. And she's banging around in the house. Making noise. Women make a lot of noise. Man. I'm telling you, they make a lot of noise. When I come home and she said, I'm real quiet. You know, I slip in, slip into the bed. She never knows it. But when she comes in, it's a daggone like a parade. <laughs> 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 Water's running. It's like somebody's taking a big bath in the middle of the night. Doors are being opened and shut. In the refrigerator, ice is coming out of the refrigerator. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I need to go back to sleep. I'm tired. I've been traveling. And I, and I was laying there almost asleep and got into that in-between state. And I heard the Lord speak to me. And I thought, knock. I got up. Just by that time, she was asleep. <laughs> I quietly got up. I slipped out of the bedroom, quietly shut the door. Went into the living room and started praising the Lord because I felt like that's what he was saying to me. You come in and worship me, son. And I'm thinking, I don't really want to worship the Lord. That gone. Right? I'm going to sleep. But it's the knock. And you know what, though? I'll just tell you this. I was really struggling deep down in my heart with something. And when I began to worship the Lord, the Lord let it surface in me. He let it surface. And, and I was able to see what it was. And he was able to, you know, next day call it a day about it because it was just a knock let me read one more scripture because it's overtime we're almost 5 1 through 2 are y'all good yep. I haven't said that one time today <laughs> listen this is really important right here this is coming from the message Bible and I think it's beautiful the way he says it Romans 5 he says by entering through faith so all this is by faith everything all the, everything is faith the faith that we've already been given Christ has given all of us a measure of faith by, by, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do, to do for us, to set us right with Him. God has done that for us. He's made us right with Him. He's made us righteous. We're in a right relationship with Him. No matter what you've done or not done, God has made you right. You're right with God. Whether you feel like you are or not, you're right with God because God made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He made us fit for him. Then he says, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Then he said, and that's not all. This is cool. That's not all. I love that. We throw our doors. We throw open our doors to God. That's the hotel door. And discover at the same moment that he has already thrown his door. Hallelujah. 
When we throw our door open to God, that's what we discover. We discover that door open in heaven. That's, that's what it's telling us. We throw our open to God and we find out God's door will stand there open to us. And that, that's amazing. And when we begin to really believe that, we can begin to start experiencing encounters with the Lord. We can begin to begin to see like what John saw. He saw the king sitting on the throne. He saw an emerald rainbow. He saw Sardis. He saw, he saw these colors. He saw these voices. He saw these creatures. There was thunder and lightnings. He saw all these things. And he was able to, from what he saw, describe what God would do at the end of the ages. But it all came from a king setting. All the bad stuff that passed on has passed on down through the chapters of Revelations that nobody really understands. It all started with the king setting. Everybody's all worried. He ain't worried. And it says we find ourselves standing where we've always hoped we might stand. The dream of our lives. To experience God. To put our hands on God's face. To kiss God's face. To touch God. For God to touch us. To really, really have something. To really, this invisible God, to really experience Him in a way that you know without a doubt He's real. He's alive. He's for me. He's not against me. I just think this is amazing. And uh, we find ourselves standing where we always hope we might stand, out in the wide open space of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. Isn't that awesome? Amen. That's a beautiful verse in the Bible. Well, so this morning, I'm hoping you're getting what I'm saying. I'm hoping that you're believing that Jesus is a door standing open in heaven. And there's an invitation from Jesus to come to where he's at. There's an invitation. There'll be an invitation in the morning. There'll be an invitation tomorrow. There'll be a knock on your door. And all he's saying is if you'll open your door, you'll have an encounter. Oh, we may not have the encounter that John had, but we may. We, we can start little, right? Yeah. Little encounters, little encounters, little encounters, little encounters. And then one day, you know, Paul had an encounter. He went up to third heaven. He couldn't describe it. John could describe it. See, there was an increase. There was there was a growth. There was something more. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we stand up? How many people believe what I'm saying? How many people disbelieve it? <laughs> That's a better question. So I'm going to pray for you right quick. This has been a good day, right? God's good. All the time, yes. Lord, thank you this morning. Ooh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. Just really want to encourage you today about the praise and the worship. That really is on the Lord's heart. It really is. And you know, when the Lord wants us to worship and praise Him, it's because He really wants to do something for us. Because God always needs us. Says God's enthroned upon the praises of His people. It's the way we encounter Him, and, you know, when we worship Him in spirit, truth, we actually go into the spirit realm and experience God like that spiritually. And when we do that, it, it can really affect our lives. So 
I just pray, Lord, I pray for everybody in this room. I pray, um, Lord, a lot was said this morning. A lot happened this morning. I just ask you, Lord, to let us catch the things that were meant for us. Everybody put your catcher from it up. That's why I look at it. Spiritually, that's how you get stuff from the Lord. It's like a catch. You just catch it. You don't understand it. I don't understand it. It took me 35 years to understand this door. One thing. I'm a slow learner. But I can catch some stuff now. God has taught me how to catch. God has taught me how to catch. God's taught me how to catch. He's taught me how to catch when He comes in the room. I can feel God when He walks in the room. I'm sorry, but I feel it. And God wants people to feel His presence. And when He walks into a place, He wants us to know, I walked into this restaurant because there's somebody in here that I want to touch. And so we go to church, hopefully, to learn how to feel God and sense God and know when He walks in the room. So wherever we go, when He shows up, we'll know it. And we can give to people who have no clue about God and may not even believe about God. But when He comes, we can give them something they're searching for in their hearts. Because everybody at the end of the day is searching for Him, whether they know it or not. So I just want to encourage you to let God teach you. To teach you about the spirit realm. To teach you about His voice. To teach you about His knock. To teach you that Christ was beaten senseless so bad He was unrecognizable as a man. That His flesh was torn off His body get that door open for us. And that's the truth. His flesh was torn off his body to get that door open for us. He's worthy for us to respond when he knocks. He's worthy for us to believe that the door is open because his flesh was torn open. And trust that and believe in that. Begin to freely access God the Father on His throne, the throne of grace, that you can find grace and mercy in your times of need. And you can take from there and bring it back into this world. Bring it back to your children, your grandchildren, your mama, your grandma, your your next door neighbor, your co-workers, the person on the street. bringing God somewhere is going to make a difference. I was walking down the streets of Charlotte a while back and this man started threatening me. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. He was demonized because he knew it wasn't me. It was God who was walking down the street. That man was more spiritually aware than most Christians. He can detect the presence of the Lord that I just happened to have on me that moment. And see, God wants us to be able to detect the presence of the Lord. 
body that can get that sensitivity to catch that. I just pray, Lord, your minds that there be repentance going on right now. A changing. Shut the door on the devil. Shut the door on the world. Shut the door on lust and flesh and all that. So they slam that door. But turn it around and open another door. Because if you've only shut the door on that stuff and you didn't open the door to Jesus, you've only gone halfway. You've gone halfway. It's good that you've gone halfway, but God is saying, let's go the rest of the way this morning. Let's open that door. I want to go sit in the room with you and hang out with you some. Amen. say, I'll receive you, Papa. Amen. So if you got other ministers, come up here. If you need any more, Father, pray.